Yeah, so I was in the Army. I was getting out of the Army, and somebody threw me a book and said, Hey, Sarge, take a look at this. And it was that the uh, purple and gold book, uh, which was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, you're, you're laughing because, and I think you already know that book, and probably most of your audience knows. That is where... A, a sizable amount of people got their start in real estate was reading that book. And it, it is really what it takes is very simple kind of concepts. I could not thank you enough for tuning in every week with me on The Dwelling Show. We've been doing this for more than two years now, actually. Um, this is um, when the 200s now about the episode of the show. I just want to take this time out to really thank you so much, but also to remind you that if you're not on the dwelling deal list, make sure you sign up so you don't miss out on deals. Actually, we we have a deal on the contract right now. So for these kinds of deals, to learn more about what what we're doing, to learn about how we structure deals, feel free to go on the website dwelling.com or investwithola.com and you would see um, a pop-up box or just drop um, your email in the contact us um, form and we'll reach out to you so you'll get plugged in with what we're doing again i really appreciate you for tuning in every week sometimes i feel like nobody is listening on the other side until i get emails or dms from you on instagram or facebook and saying thank you for you know spitting our content every week um, it's a ton of work but i'm so glad to do it and it's my honor to deliver value every week um to you um, our listeners thank you so much Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got an incredible um, guest with us today. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Oh, it's going well up here in Seattle. It's a, uh, a false spring day. It's cold, rainy, and it feels like winter, unfortunately. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, it's a um, pretty hot year, actually, in Texas. But yeah, let's, let's jump right into the show. Uh, can you tell the folks um, who you are, what you do, and kind of what you've been up to lately? Sure. So Carl Krauskopf, again, I'm up in Seattle, Washington. And right now we are primarily developing ground up construction. We're doing some redevelopment as well. And it's been about a little over one year since I moved full-time from a corporate strategy and business development full-time job and spent about 10 years there and worked in growing my, my, my side business into a full business for two years prior to moving full-time into the real estate business. So spent a lot of time uh, uh, primarily flipping homes, uh, doing, uh, starting off doing simple cosmetics, some hoarder homes, some, uh, some other big challenging homes, and then uh, started moving into the big studs out remodel, new foundation, popping the top. So increasing the, the headspace on some big properties here in Seattle going kind of the luxury style as well. And, uh, you know, realized that doing that business is difficult to scale, especially since, you know, what we were doing is we wanted to control, we wanted to control the subcontractors and really operate as, as if our own general contractor, which honestly at the time was just, was a lot of work. It's a lot of work, right? Operating as your own general contractor is a ton of work, uh, a lot of time, involved on site and depending on where your projects are and what kind of you know city you live in uh, battling traffic is just as much and just as bad as the actual general contracting itself so you know we realized that general contract my partner and I realized that general contracting was just not the the space that we wanted to operate in 
especially in the single family, I should say, especially in the single family flipping business, because, you know, we'd have five different doors spread out across the the, the metro and we have to go to five different properties in a, in a given week. Whereas now we're building townhomes again in, in kind of core urban areas of Seattle. And we've got five doors all on one property and we're making, you know, potentially or rather we are making a significant amount more in aggregate on just that one property over, you know, as opposed to the other five, five doors. So this property is a multifamily property when you just mentioned. Yes. So building five unit, uh, townhomes. So they're all still, they are all attached, uh, but obviously selling them in a res from a residential standpoint to individual home buyers. Okay. So a lot, a lot you've talked about a lot. Move, transitioning into full-time um, partnerships, flipping. One thing I do want to ask you is there is kind of a two, like two schools of thought, bond the boats, right? Just quit your job now, jump into the, the into your business full-time or keep your job on the side, kind of similar to what you've done, right? And yep. then make the transition when you think yep. that time is right. What are your thoughts on that? What is the better strategy for you and, and what are your Generous. So the strategy for me and the reason why I decided to uh, depart, exit my uh, corporate job at the time that I did was twofold. A, it was income-based and then B, it was also joy and uh, quality of life-based. So uh, on the quality of life basis, you know, I was working six, you know, upwards of 60 hours a week in the corporate job. And then I would also have to work you know, 20 to 30 plus hours on uh, my, 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 my personal business. And from a quality of life perspective, it was just too much, very, very, very stressful. Um, the money, uh, and then uh, parlay into the second point, the money was not necessarily good enough in the corporate, in the corporate space to continue that, that level of stress. And I knew, you know, if I were to take 60 it, at that point, the, the 60 and 30, the 60 hours in corporate world and 30 hours in the, uh, my own business, the 30 hours in a business perspective, my own business, I was making uh, already more than I was at the corporate job. And so my, my school of thought was, well, what if I uh, quit at that point and then double down and put it all into the business? You know, Feasibly, I'd get some economies of scale from a productivity standpoint and uh, be able to double, triple my own income, um, putting it all into my own business. So no, that's that's my strategy. I, I would say to other people who are kind of in the same boat and trying to explore, is now the right time? Should I wait? Should I do it? You know, I would say a, a couple of things is a first off, look at your risk tolerance, right? If you're if you're really risk adverse and you're and you're nervous about it and you're you're like ah, I, I want to do it, I I don't want to do it. Now I, I would I would pause and I would wait. Right. I, I would I would make sure that you know what you're doing, that you've got enough budgeted to, uh, you know, weather the storm, so to speak, in terms of, you know, if you're flipping, if you're flipping homes, you know, you're not going to get paid out until the home is sold. If you're holding rentals, then you have a little bit more flexibility because obviously you're getting constant cash uh, from a rental standpoint. But again, if, if, if you're waiting on these long paydays, then you got to make sure you've got enough cash reserves to get until you get to that payday. So risk adversity. And then <clears throat> to me, it was looking at the other two points that I mentioned was quality of, quality of life and then income. If you're a high, really, really, really high income earner, you may not, you may want to keep holding on to that because you can do some other 
investment strategies such as you know actually signing going working with operators like ourselves and signing on loans in order to get the, in order to help those those entities really get to a point where they can guarantee have enough liquidity net worth in order to obtain loans and typically those the people that do that they have zero involvement they have zero uh, level of effort zero work involved other than putting themselves at risk and in exchange they get either cash value or equity in the end of the deal i really like that i really like that um you talked about your partner um for somebody maybe looking at getting started and they're kind of considering having a partner um typically you know what i do uh, buying large apartment buildings you have to have partners right. and a team you just not something you can do by yourself but some people are kind of worried about that so you already have a partner what are your thoughts in terms of how to find a good partner and how to keep a good partner sure so how we found each other was really truly by happenstance and was not purposeful. We, we weren't seeking each other out. We were in uh, a mastermind group and, uh, you know, we were, the two of us were a little bit further advanced than uh, the rest of the group. And I was taking my mastermind calls from my flips. He was taking his mastermind calls from his short-term rentals at times. And, uh, you know, a lot of the other people were learning about blocking and tackling uh, from an analysis standpoint, acquisition, what are we looking for, et cetera. So we, we kind of, at, at that point, we, we started building out, a, you know, a, a high level kind of acquaintance friendship uh, level. And, uh, you know, we kept the conversation going, how are you, you know, how are short term rentals going, et cetera, et cetera. And about a year later, he had reached back out to me and started, you know, asking, Hey, you know, how can we start working together on flips? Because he was seeing what I was doing. I was interested in what he was doing from both a short and he had some long-term rentals. He had a, a 20 unit, 20 plus unit down in Tucson. And so, you know, there was, there were some synergies there where I was operating a business that he was interested in and vice versa. So we started exploring, hey, what, what is actually working on a flip look like together? So anybody that's thinking about a partnership and looking for a partnership, I would always keep it to a, a one project specific uh, deal at a time, especially going in on it first, because you know you don't want to get your corporate, your corporation uh, too involved until you really, really know and, and, and you like, and you trust this person. So, you know, that's what we did. We, uh, we found a, a, a flip to work on together. And, uh, after about three weeks of working together, we, we already knew, Hey, we really like each other. This is, this is working really well. You know, we found out, uh, during kind of the, the, the pre due diligence period that, you know, his strengths were my weaknesses and my strengths were, were his weaknesses. So, our, our personalities and our work traits really, truly complemented each other. And so from that perspective, we're each, each of us are really able to stay in our own lane, so to speak, much easier than if we were both, you know, hyper focused on acquisitions, or if we were both hyper focused on project management details, but now it's, you know, his strengths, again, my weaknesses, I don't want to operate in those lanes at all. I want zero involvement in those lanes. I mean, maybe a little bit from a high level, but certainly not in the weeds. And then vice versa for him is he doesn't want to deal with the stuff that I deal from a business development and growth perspective, but he needs to still obviously be involved from a high level perspective because obviously anything we buy, he has to operate. So I think, you know, 
your last question was how do you keep and how do you maintain these partners? I think two, two points that come up is a have the hard conversations and don't be afraid of them, right? You, in, in order to have a long lasting partnership, marriage, friendship, whatever it happens to be, you have to be able to talk about things with each other in an open and transparent way and be able to come to terms on you know things that you disagree you may disagree on where maybe one person is is lacking and the other person uh, you know wants them to pick up etc so really learn to have those difficult conversations and have those in a way that you're not attacking any kind of personal traits you're not attacking the person you're being very objective you're approaching it in a in in good light um, and then the other one is, I would say, is be hyper encouraging and be very supportive in what they're doing. And uh, really just, again, um, trying to do what you can uh, to uh, help them in their path, because this is a personal, you know, this is personal. This is also business is help them in, in any way that you can uh, on their own personal and business path uh, journey as well. Really like that. Those are like fantastic points um, that I can relate to actually, Carl. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about is you made that transition from flipping houses to kind of a little bit of bigger deals. Um, yep. So if somebody's saying to you, Kyle, like, yeah, I get it, but I want to start with flipping because I, I feel like I can make a lot of money flipping and then I take sure. that money into bigger deals. Um, sure. That's kind of the sentiment I've, I've heard sometimes. What are your thoughts on that? I, I would... Uh... If you're if you're starting off and you're new, I would say absolutely take the small baby steps. Don't jump, don't go in and buy a 60 unit apartment on your first on your very first acquisition, unless unless you've got mentors and coaches and, and support team all around you, right? I, I, I think every the reason where I am where I am uh, is because of the people that I surround my surrounded myself with. I have a very supportive network, a very supportive business, very supportive wife and family. And, uh, you know, I think that again, I, I am where I am because of them. And I took a lot of baby steps, right? I started off flipping and, you know, bigger flips and bigger flips and then developments and then apartments. And, uh, you know, looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. There's no way that I would start my first deal on a development. There's no way that I would start my first deal on an apartment. Uh, that's just me personally. That's my risk tolerance. Um, and the other reason is I, I want to bring, uh, I want to be able to bring, bring value to the table in any kind of partnership or arrangement, because I don't want to just come to the table and not know what, you know, not know what I'm talking about at all. You know, the nice thing about flipping homes and starting off flipping and moving into the development is, you know, I've, I've got a, a decent working knowledge in construction and rehab, uh, that I'm able to at least be somewhat dangerous at the table when I, you know, when I'm speaking with my generals and my subcontractors as well. So you've made that kind of tra transition now into larger deals. Um, can you kind of tell us um, a little bit about a deal that you bought um, that you really like? Maybe you made the most money or you found the most satisfaction. Just kind of walk us through that deal as a case study. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll actually talk about the first deal that that uh, allowed me to exit my uh, W2 job and kind of was the, was that catalyst. So <clears throat> a little bit over a year ago, back in January, maybe February last year of 2021, 
I was looking at, we had just lost out a big deal on a seven unit development. And I was really bummed. I had all my investors lined up. We had all the cash ready and we were all ready again to close on the deal. The lender stopped us at the, at literally the signing table because they wanted an updated environmental report again. And this was literally at the signing table. They called me and they said, we're going to postpone closing until we figure this out. And I ended up having to back out of the deal, which was unfortunate. Luckily, didn't lose any money on it. But about 30 days later, I was able to uh, find another deal, six units, a little bit smaller, but from an exit value perspective, was about on par and the construction costs were a little bit lower. So from a margin perspective, it was a little bit healthier. So I was really excited about that. I was really excited about working with the person that I worked with. His name is Thatch Wen. He is a big influencer on uh, social media and just a really great presence, a really good guy, good personality here in the Puget Sound area and was able to work with him on the purchase. So he was the seller. I was the buyer, brought in a builder and brought in my investors. Everybody was incredibly happy. And just this month, at the end of this month, we sell out all six units. We close out, I should say. We close the sale on all six units. We originally underwrote the, the property at about 3.6 million and uh, we're under contract and uh, slotted to close at 4.125. So we've got about 400K spread between uh, that on, uh, on the top line. And we've had obviously some cost overruns as, as one would expect during the commodity run of 2021, specifically with lumber and things of that nature. So you know, it's not necessarily all profit. So, but I can, I can say with confidence that our investors will come out um, in, in a healthier position than what we had originally projected. So really excited to close that up, get our first full syndication cycle done and uh, uh, be able to offer our investors another opportunity to, uh, to invest with us. Congratulations. I think I know that guy. He's, he's the one I'm always talking about, like Bentleys and Ferraris and stuff. And yeah, I think I know. Burr, 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 all that kind of stuff. He does it a lot better than him. me. And he's, he's a lot more lively than me, but it's absolutely, yep. Bentleys, Ferraris, everything. Oh, man. So what is next for, for you and for your company? Yeah. So it's continue, continued on the development side, continued on the apart, apartment value add side. Specifically on the developments, right? We're we're looking for massive, massive density, big densities. Whether it's continued townhomes or what we do up here in Seattle is cottage uh, cottages. So, think of a uh, seven hundred fifty to about nine hundred and fifty square foot standalone uh, unit, either a standalone or a duplex. And uh, you know we're able to build anywhere from six to eight of those per lot. And so continuing to do those, buying up port portfolios. Right now, we're actually submitting a, an offer on a 16-unit cottage portfolio just south of the city. And then uh, you know, th the next play that we're really, really excited about, that I'm really excited about too, is uh, covered land plays where we're able to buy apartments, operating assets on that are underutilized on multifamily land. And uh, while we're going through the permitting and entitlements to uh, add additional density or completely change the, the plan itself is uh, while we're taking it through entitlements, you know, able to collect cash flow, 
um, rent to cover any and all of the debt service. So that way we're again, breaking even and most of them will, will be able to cash flow a little bit during the entitlement phase. So really excited about those. I think that's going to be the, that's the big wealth generator. I love it. I love it. I can keep talking to you um, one-on-one, but we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. These are going to be quick questions, quick answers. Okay. All right. First question. What makes your car unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? That's a good question. So I think, you know, in my opinion, uh, it's truly the obsession with growth. You know, my, my mind is constantly and always focused about what's next. You know, even while we're finalizing negotiations and price and or price discovery, it's, it's always, okay, what's, what's the next project? What's the next project? Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's simply just the, the sheer obsession with growth. Second question, what was the last book that you read and what was the one thing you picked up from that book? Oh, that's a good question. So I think the last book that I, what was the last book that I read? The last book that I read actually funny enough was Grant Cardone's be obsessed or be average. Um, so again, that just, that simply just reaffirmed the obsession, obsession part of, you know, you really need to, you really need to focus on what it is that you want. And then from there, how do you get it and being relentless about getting it? Um, you know, I think people think about obsessions as I can only have one. And if I, if I think about even having two, it's not a true obsession. I, you know, according to the book and, you know, I'm along the same wavelengths is you can absolutely, and you need to have a, you need to have several obsessions, right. From a business, from a, uh, personal, from a spiritual, all those, t- uh, all those different, you know, realms is you, you gotta be obsessed with something. So that way, every single minute of your day. You're, you're, you're chasing that obsession. And if you're doing something that's outside of it, what are you doing? Final question. What do you do for fun? Oh, I love to hike, hiking, mountaineering, climbing, anything outdoors. Absolutely. Is, is the fun stuff. Well, you're in the right state for that. That's awesome. <laughs> if there's anybody, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If there's anybody listening to this and thinking, wow, I really like this car guy. I want to get connected with him. How can folks reach out, get to know you more? So I would say our, uh, we've got some social media. We've got obviously our website uh, and it is www.aurorasinvestmentgroup.com. Instagram would be at Aurora's Investment Group. I'm also personally on LinkedIn and Facebook, Carl Krauskopf. Welcome to connect with me there. And uh, really, and also if you want to reach out to me directly, my email is Carl with a K, K-A-R-L at aurorasinvestmentgroup.com. Kyle, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. My pleasure.